Today on Shut the Front Door, we are joined by the wonderful Laura Hammett, creative director of multi-award-winning London-based interior architecture and design studio, Laura Hammett. Since founding the company in 2008, Laura and her husband Aaron have grown their firm into a thriving business, creating stunning luxury residential interiors around the world. Alongside their UK portfolio, recent international projects include a penthouse in the Bahamas, villas in the south of France, a duplex and triplex apartment in Hong Kong, substantial family homes in Saudi Arabia and India, private apartments in New York, Miami, Paris and China, as well as an 18-seater private jet. Mum to Willow and Fox, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by Laura today to talk about all things home and design. Welcome to Shut the Front Door. Thank you for joining me, Laura. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for that intro. Very nice. (laughs) Well, you are uh, something else. You're some woman for one woman. That's quite the portfolio. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have to say it's not not all me by any stretch. I mean, I run the company with my husband, Aaron, and we have an amazing team. So um, it's very much not not me. (laughs) Team effort. I know, I know, and that's that's lovely that that you acknowledge that because you know it does it do, takes a team to probably, you know, get around these gigantic international projects you have. I can't imagine how challenging that must be. But I'm going to get to that as we get into our podcast together. I remember once joining a talk you were doing in the Chelsea Design Centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the audience and it was really interesting because you were talking about um, social media and the challenges around that. And we had such Mm -hmm. great people in the audience listening to yourself, Sophie Patterson and B. Osborne. I think it was back in 2019. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. It was great. So has design been something you've been doing more remotely and virtually or how have you been navigating your way around that? Well, it's funny. We had quite a good head start, actually, when before the pandemic hit, because we'd been doing lots of work in international countries, we'd got very familiar with the process of working with clients remotely, um, managing sites from a distance. So that gave us a bit of a head start. We were already kind of using, it wasn't Zoom as such, but we were using, you know, ways to communicate with clients regularly, shipping samples over. So that helped. Um, but obviously, we did do the long extended kind of remote working we actually seemed to do it longer than I think many studios did because we just felt like it worked really well. I think we didn't really have any struggles. Nothing felt like it was um, lacking. So we just yeah. thought, why not keep everybody safe as long as possible? So it was actually only this summer that we bought back kind of flexible working. So the studio had always been open for people to come and go as they needed when they were comfortable to do so. And then we've now got a setup, which works brilliantly, where we people have kind of a few days at home and a few days in the studio, but within their kind of sub-team. So we've got the companies divided into three almost. So we've got the interior architecture team, the FF&E team, which is the kind of furnishing and styling team, and then we've got a procurement team. So they'll come in in their sub-teams on certain days um, so that we're not having a full, because there's 21 of us now. So that's a lot of people in one space. Yeah. And we don't all need to be together all the time. So it works really well. Everyone's very happy with that flexibility. And I think it's something we'll continue to do. Yeah, it's definitely working for you. It's 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 really been interesting following you. And I really admire what you do. Um, your work thank is you. just unbelievable, to be honest. Very oh, thank you so much. I'm a huge fan. But I'd love Thank to you. ask you about your first memories of home. Can you share some of those memories with me, please? Yeah, sure. So this is my, obviously my childhood home. And um, so I grew up in a very creative family. I had a single mom, lived with my brother, and my mom's a painter. So um, it was quite a modest home, but full of kind of creativity. And she was a lover of color, texture. It was almost kind of slightly bohemian, but lots of antiques. I mean, it couldn't be more different from my style now, which I'm sure is not a um, not a coincidence. Um, not that I'm rebelling as such, but I just think I seeked out something maybe different to that. But it was a very creative home. She had a studio up in the kind of loft space, which we converted and yeah it was just full of kind of life I think is the best way to describe it 
Wow. And do you think that has influenced you in any way now? You, you said that you feel maybe you're rebelling a bit. but Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think she, um, <laughs> saying in the politest way, I think she defines my style a little bit odd. It's not her style at all. Um, and she now lives in Portugal and she's got, a, again, a very creative space. And it's just, it's very different from, from you know, we've kind of almost got this very tailored kind of everything is quite perfect, which is almost an antidote probably to her creativity, I guess. Yeah, definitely. That's so interesting. And tell me about your teenage bedroom. What posters did you have on your walls? Oh, well, I mean, I was I was um, a bit of a grunge teenager, actually, which is quite okay. surprising. I was really into Nirvana. Um, River yeah. Phoenix was probably my, my big love when I was a teenager. So there was yeah. a bit of that going on. Um, but I think actually I, I was really, really into interiors from quite a young age mm-hmm. and had the phase of posters on the wall, but I quite quickly got into having a kind of designed room. And what's funny is my mum was actually, she was quite conservative when it came to things like pocket money, but she was always very um, positive about anything that was kind of creative. So she would help kind of fund my passion for you know, me redecorating my bedroom, whether it was repainting it. And I did quite a lot of DIY. I think that was quite a family trait for us was... Um, a lot of stuff. My mum kind of essentially kind of decorated the house, even tiled the bathroom herself. So that was something that really I grew up with as being very normal. And she kind of taught me a lot of those skills when I was very young. Um, and so I built kind of bed canopies that would fall down all the time, but I was always having just a bit of a play in my bedroom and just changing the colors. So I think I took the posters off and went more for kind of expressing myself with different interior styles. And I probably tried every single style you can imagine over that decade. So that whole experience got your creative juices flowing, so to speak. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I definitely, there was a real passion from a young age, I think. But what's interesting is I didn't actually know that that was a career. It just wasn't on my radar. It wasn't a world that I was aware of, um, probably until I got to art college um, when I saw that that was a subject I could explore. So then tell me about your college days. So I did, I was obviously, I was artistic. Um, so my dad's a writer, uh, was a writer. And um, so I kind of, you know, English and arts were always my subjects um, and design. And then I went to, did a foundation course at Chelsea College um, and quite quickly kind of found that there was an interior subject and that that was a real interest to me. So I think I picked that as my specialist subject. And then I went on to Brighton University and did interior architecture which was really interesting because at the time that was actually only, as far as I'm aware, one of two colleges that did that subject. It was kind of bridging the gap between interior design and architecture. Um, But because of that, it was a little bit of a guinea pig course, I think. So Mm -hmm. I think I found it interesting, but I think I didn't come out of it knowing a huge amount that was really useful for kind of an actual career. Yes. Um, so I think work experience was essential for me because I just I, I kind of left feeling like that was a box ticked, but not necessarily. Um, I didn't feel very qualified. Yes, exactly. Can't beat actual hands-on experience. Totally. Yeah. Really and learn. actually, that's funny because I don't I don't pay a huge amount of attention when I'm hiring people at a junior level, particularly. Um, where they've studied isn't always that important to me. I'm much more interested in what experience they've had and who they are as individuals. Uh, 100%. And if they're grafters, if they're workers. Yeah, if they're totally. Prepared. If they're hungry, if they're hungry for it, I think you can tell that quite quickly. Yeah, because it's not an easy industry. You know, it's, no. it's an industry. Yeah. No, and there's also a lot of courses I think that people can, you know, get on, which doesn't always reflect their skill if that makes sense. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. They probably, a lot of them, a lot of young people coming into the business really don't know what their core strength is until they get into a firm and then you, they learn what their strength is. And it's, it's interesting. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So did you travel much? Um, so I did. I traveled probably more as a teenager than I did when I actually finished college or finished school, because I think I was um, in such a hurry to start my career, possibly too much of a hurry in hindsight. Uh, I think I'd encourage my kids to maybe just take that year out. So I didn't do a gap year, but I had um, a lot of lovely long um, kind of 
traveling experiences with my mum when I was a teenager. So we went to, did a tour of India, um, went to Africa. So we had lots of amazing kind of, you know, life enhancing experiences, but just not done in that typical gap year way. It sounds like you had a really special relationship with your mum. Yes, I do. And I still do. That's sweet. And then how did you and Aaron meet? Ah, um, so we met three friends um, and he was a product designer at the time. We definitely bonded over our kind of love of design. And we I always tell this story that we went on a, on a first date. Um, we're both too nervous to eat anything, but spent most of the time just talking about the design of the restaurant and looking at, you know, kind of observing the, the design of the glass. Things that I think most people would just be out of the door on a date with me um (laughs) with boredom he you know I just thought okay this is a somebody I've got stuff in common with so we just um definitely it was bonding um but yeah he wasn't in interiors at all but I think he had a real interest in it um and and I very because I had my business at that point um at quite kind of early stages and he became very quickly kind of involved with me behind the scenes so I think he really picked up very quickly on kind of how the industry works and he's what he's very good at so he's very creative and excellent designer but he's also very good at the business side of things um so so we now we've kind of fallen so obviously I'm fast tracking here but um he did eventually join the the company um and we've now fallen into quite interesting roles given that I'm the one with the interior architecture degree and he's the one with the product design degree we've almost kind of swapped roles Um, and not consciously it's just where our passions kind of lie so I'm now more on the furnishing side and obviously doing product design with our new collection and he's running the interior architecture team so quite a role reversal but it's just much better suited he's much more of a a detail-orientated person and um yeah, it suits us both much better. But but it's so interesting how you can, once you're in that space, you can totally explore other areas. And I think you can. And I think that's something that I've really learned along the way is you can't ever be too rigid with what you, you know, how you approach things, particularly in business, because things are fluid, things are changing all the time, you have to kind of just go with opportunities as they come up. And, you know, every project's different. Yeah, you have to just have some flexibility, I think. Of course. And, and I'd imagine you'd also like to take on a new challenge yourself. And it's something new for you as well. Yeah, so, definitely. You know, it's important to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you separate the two elements of work and family life? How does it? How do you- uh, well, it's funny. Someone asked me this at lunch yesterday. And actually, thinking about it, I find that I spend almost less time talking about work with Aaron, given that we work together during the day. So I feel like, I mean, when you run a business, you live and breathe it. That is not a nine to five job. So I would always um, be coming home from work, wanting to offload, wanting to kind of bounce ideas off whoever I was with, whether they were in my business or not. So the fact that we've kind of already done that throughout the day means that when work is finished, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to that and we get, you know, into conversations, but generally we're done. We've kind of talked about those things and then we want to get on and talk about other stuff. So there is probably more of a separation, I think, than if he was in another business. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know because you're exhausted at that point. You've done it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can talk about it, really. Um, but there's no, I don't need to update him on my day because he's been there all day. Know. Well, that's really you know? cool. That works out really well. Yeah, it does. It works for us. It's not for everyone. I know that, but it works really well for us. Well, look, my my husband is also my business partner, and he. So he you know them, yeah. I, Totally get it. But, you know, it can sneak in. It can just sneak in, you know, to your, your conversations over dinner. Oh, completely. I mean, you can't get away from it. You know? No, but it is totally, you live and breathe it. It's just what we yeah. do. We can't exactly. separate ourselves from it. I don't know how people do that. And if they can, I take their, my hat off to them because yeah. it's, it's tricky. Yeah, agreed. So big congratulations on your new homeware collection, which is in partnership Thank with Deco. It's yes. absolutely amazing. And I knew that was going to happen. And of course, it's amazing. Thank um, you. So what, what inspired you to do this? Um, well, they, I mean, to start with, they approached me. I, if I'm honest, I don't think I even 
ever dreamt this up. I mean, there's, you know, I wanted to get into designing our own collection of some sort, but not necessarily accessories. I didn't think that was kind of an option. Um, so that was really fun. It was just a really different process, a very different design process. But I think the way I started was thinking about products when I'm sourcing for clients. I mean, when we have to style a full, you know, 8,000 square foot house, that's a lot of individual items we've got to search for. And so I've got a pretty good idea of kind of what's out there on the market. Um, And I've got a little bit of kind of bugbears on certain things that just functionally don't work that well, or the colors aren't quite right with our schemes. So really, that's where it started was just, it was almost kind of working out what I feel like I would like to buy for our clients or I would like to have at home mm-hmm. and thinking through the practical side of styling, like how I actually style, um, what kind of formulas I use in terms of scale, um, how I combine things together and how that could become a collection. So it was important to me that it was beyond just kind of you know, we've got the elemental range, which is a big portion of it, which are the trays and boxes and frames and things which have all got kind of signature aesthetic to them. But I also wanted to introduce things like vases and candlesticks, things that you could combine together and it work as more of a natural collection, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. Yes. That they all work together. So yeah, I mean exactly. you can totally build on this. It's yeah. an interesting, it was a wonderful idea. And no doubt it will be a success for you because everything you're grouping together will work. It's just like a winning formula. Yeah. So I mean we've done big projects where we bought one of everything and it doesn't feel too much, um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So um, should we watch this space? Will there be more to come? Do you think this might be something? I mean, I'd love there to be more to come. I've just, I've enjoyed it much more than I even thought I would. I think it's just a really, it's a really different process. It's also really taken me back to kind of how the business started, which is very much me on my own, um, just kind of creating and having a go and just not um, thinking too much about a client and um, and that's that's fun, you know. It's been fun doing a project on my own because I did very much do this one on my own. Yeah. And after working with with the team for so many years, which I love, and I love that kind of team spirit that you get when you're working with other people. But it was also really nice to just step away and do something that felt quite personal. So I would love to do more of it. I think there's so much more we could add to this collection, but there's also potential for that Laura Hammett living brand to just become something beyond accessories too. Wow. So I would say yes, watch the space. <laughs> How exciting. I will be watching. I'll be keeping a close eye on you. So you recently did a big move, which I also followed on Instagram. How did you find renovating your own home? Is that stressful for you? Um, Yes and no. So this is the second home we've renovated, but we did the previous one um, a little bit more organized, probably. We did it, we rented somewhere else and we fully gutted the house and did it from scratch, which was a bit more straightforward and a bit more like how we do things with our projects. Um, this time because partly because of the pandemic and lockdowns we have had to live in the house so but the house is much bigger so that's not been completely kind of problematic but it's also not been easy um so we did a lot of diy which is probably comes back from all the skills my mom gave me um i made all of the curtains in our house which is 14 windows um And we did a lot of the decorating ourselves. Aaron did a lot of the wall paneling. He's in the process of building. He's converting that half of the garage into a gym. So we've got quite stuck into DIY, which is really fun. Um, But then we did a bigger renovation of the kitchen and utility room um, and boot room um, earlier this year, which was you know, more disruptive. So it's a work in progress, let's say. So I'd say we're about 50% through the project. There's lots more things that we can do. But I think the difference here is um, this is definitely our kind of house for life. So I don't feel the pressure to get it done quickly, to make the most of it. I just think we can take our time. And so I think we're pausing now. We're just enjoying the kind of most of the ground floor is done. Um, I'm really happy with it. And we just we're just enjoying being together. And then I think we'll tackle bathrooms and dressing room and things next year maybe oh wow how great and did you find um that designing for clients might have been easier than when you were designing for your own home or did that just come very naturally to you um again a funny good question i mean it's um in some ways easier because i just 
what do I love? And I think I've been, so we moved from London to the country um, and that was a kind of post, you know, lockdown um, symptom, I think. Um, I'd had a country house in my head for so long that it felt actually quite easy once I started kind of putting ideas together. Mm -hmm. Um, But... But then sometimes it's harder to make a decision for yourself. You know, I can be very decisive on behalf of a client. I can really kind of, you know, get my head into that style and really channel that project and make quick, decisive decisions because you have to because there's just a million decisions to make on every project. Um, Whereas I can obsess over a a fabric for, um, you know, weeks (laughs) when it comes to my own house. Um, so, So, yeah, in some ways easier, in some ways harder. Yeah. And are you finding the whole work-life balance element easier now to manage that now that you've moved to the country? Are you? Yeah, I think so. So we've got an office at home, which is where I am now, and it's very peaceful. So I have a really good kind of balance. I mean, I can go into the office as frequently as I need to because it's only an hour and 15 minutes door to door. Um, but I typically will go in about twice a week and then do everything else remotely, which is nice. So I do the kind of school drop off and then come back and have a you know, peaceful day where I'm not too much in the kind of buzz of the office, but then I get to go and have that interaction with the team and everyone kind of saves up all their questions for me and we just go through it. They're quite hectic days, but quite fun. Um, You know, it's that kind of buzz of being back in the office. And I like that balance. It just feels like I can really kind of, you know, portion out my work so I can do my really kind of creative work where I'm sitting and just zoning out at home. And then I go into the studio and then I'm kind of being pulled in every direction and I'm just getting stuff done, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're super productive. It's just game yeah, on. Exactly. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So what's the most important thing um, you do you think for yourself and Aaron for the growth of your company now? Um, interesting question. I think, I mean, I think the last couple of years have been a bit of a, shock to the system for everybody. Um, And I think something that we really focused on during that time was just making sure that we had real stability um, for the team and for us, Um, you know, because I think life has taught us that you don't know what's around the corner. So I think that's something really important to us is just really kind of it's helpful and healthy sometimes to step back and look at the business objectively and just see kind of, you know, how do we make this a really, really stable company so that we're here for the long term and that everyone's jobs are really secure, no matter what happens to the world around us. So I think that's something that we've spent a lot of time focusing on yeah, um, and really investing in the team. We've got an amazing, amazing team, probably the best we've ever had at the moment, some really strong designers, but also some excellent managers. So people who are kind of really um, with us um, for all the right reasons. And so that feels really good. So that's something I think that we're hoping to just continue doing. Um, yes. But I think as well, we just, you know, I think you touched on it earlier, just that thing of feeling like you're pushing yourself and you're challenging yourself. I mean, I could never be doing the same projects over and over again. I think I would just burn out at that point. So I like the challenges. I like the fact that these international projects give us such a new aesthetic each time, new challenges working in a new country, clients always really different. Um, I love that. I love kind of just doing something I haven't done before. Exactly. And keeping it fresh. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what keeps yeah. it all so interesting. So, yeah. Laura, in any given project, I'm really interested to hear what you say to this, how you answer this question. But in any given project, how much time would you say goes into the design element of a project and how much time goes into the actual project management side? You know, the execution. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, great question. I mean, I would say international projects probably more you know less design more management just because of the complexity of it um that's a very good question I've never looked at it this way maybe 50 50 um I think I think possibly it's it's gone and I wouldn't say we're spending less time creatively but what we're probably doing is spending more time on the kind of end of a project because we've now got a procurement team Um, which is making us much more efficient on that side. Um, So we have a very kind of rigid set of processes, which I think is is really essential. And that's taken us a number of years to kind of really um, develop. So 
will do the design phase and then that gets handed over um, to the procurement team who then will handle that whole kind of back end of a project. Um, so there's a lot of admin when it comes to that. But then yes. to make a project really successful, it has to be. You know, the creativity is just one aspect of it. Um as you yeah. as you know so yeah. it's uh, i'd you know if i was making a guess i'd say 50 50 but i could be very wrong <laughs> i've never okay. really looked at it actually no because you, you i often wonder sometimes because you can it just feels like sometimes it's 30 70 or mm. you know it can do yeah i think i think that's true with some projects it can be yeah it just tilts in another way and it like you said well certainly with your international projects it must require mm. a lot of team you know yeah. work around that. and i think i think when you're doing because obviously we've got those two sides of the business the architectural side and then the ff and e side so the architectural side there's obviously extensive design but wow. there's a huge amount of site management as well so um that can go on for years sometimes um not you know in kind of concentration but um we've got projects we've had projects we've been running for four years because they're listed buildings and they're huge and they just take a lot of time and a lot of management yeah absolutely and do you find that like a brief can change and evolve during its process if it starts somewhere and you're you're pretty confident even with the client that this is what it's going to look like and then it Um, might slightly tweak or evolve into something else it can evolve a bit, but I would say people tend to now come to us because they know what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often the inspiration images that they've gathered before they've even come to us, a lot of them are already ours, which is nice. So we kind of know where we're starting off. But there are projects, we've definitely done a few projects where it started off being quite a small project and then it's just grown and grown and grown. So that's happened before, which is really interesting. And you definitely have to kind of think on your feet. I mean, we had one project that was just going to be joinery and a few pieces of furniture, and then it turned into a complete full refurbishment and it was huge. Um, And then actually that then developed, They it turned into a kind of full family estate where they bought the property next door, demolished it, and there was a new build built. So um, that, in that sense, yes, that can go off on a tangent and you just have to kind of run with it um but I think um aesthetically we tend to lock in what that I mean we're very strong with the kind of briefing process when we get to know clients at the beginning really really get to understand what they want from this home how they want it to look how they want it to feel and then that gets kind of locked in with a concept presentation um and then we go from there so everything always kind of comes back to what those original core design principles are Yes, bring it back, bring it home yeah. to where you started. Yeah, just so that you're always kind of keeping focus. Yes, yeah, totally. And do you find managing clients' expectations difficult in a project or is is that just part and parcel of the business of the job I think it is I think it is part and parcel I think you every client's different and I think I always say there's a lot of psychology in interior design um you know you present differently to each client you yeah, I mean, it's just a different language each time. And I think you have to read them very carefully and see what, you know, I think you have to, there's certain clients who who don't know what they want. I think that's the hardest. Yeah. And you then really have to kind of work to bring that out or to help them realize what they want. Um, because otherwise, I think if, they, if you're not on the same page, then yes, that expectation can then, you know, you're not meeting their expectation, but it's no fault of yours. It's just that you weren't on the same page. So I think that beginning stage of a project is really crucial. You've got to, and we, we spend a long time on that concept presentation so that it's very clear where we're going with it. It's very clear. We do an initial kind of overall look and feel, but then we start going into each space and we're really touching on every kind of element um but in a in a conceptual way so on the kind of the big picture and so that they're on board with that before we then start going into the detail so i think we've you know we've got happy clients so i think that's um i think you know i think we've kind of got that process working yeah it's been a while since we had a client say oh my god this is not what i thought it was going to be um so that's (laughs) a good thing They're trusting you, you know, and there is a lot of trust. I and think that's so. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But like communications, key, all those things, you know, and just yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah, like completely. Like, and would you carefully pick the projects you work on? Like, would you? We do now. Yeah, I think we've now. I mean, the business is is just the industry is just booming at the moment. I think most people will will agree with that. So I think. um 
it's it's nice to be in a position where you can pick and choose what work you do but i think we don't do that in a in a way to be kind of difficult it's more that i think the most successful projects are where you have a real connection with the client so um and you you know it's a two-way thing and i think um you know clients choose us but i think we should also be choosing clients too because i think you do your best work when somebody really trusts you they really appreciate you they appreciate what you bring to the table Um, and that's not always the case so i think it's we're getting better at recognizing kind of when it's going to be a good successful partnership yes and and getting that harmony you know that feeling that Mm. the whole project will have that harmony from you know the beginning to the end is really important and and be enjoyable i mean you know yes we do this because it's a business but it's also something we're passionate about so we want to enjoy the process and it's nice when you build a a friendship with the clients as well and they'll just bring out the best in you yeah exactly if, if, if the good relationship is there from the get-go absolutely and are you finding it challenging in the uk with with like uh, getting contractors and tradesmen are you experiencing that it's sort of like a worldwide yeah, i mean everyone's very booked up i mean there's obviously supply chain issues which everyone's feeling yeah um but also you know very good contractors are, are booked up so we're having to you know really plan ahead and just i think be very transparent with clients as early as we as we can that this is a slightly different world we're in at the moment um, yes. and again i guess managing their expectations on that but you know it's not always easy because we you know we want to We don't want to disappoint anybody, um, but some things are out of our control, unfortunately. Unfortunately, they are. And I mean, we're all watching the same news. It's uh, I know, I know. For anyone, we're all we're all experiencing the same challenges. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is going green uh, and being more sustainable in your design something you think about more often? So I've been asked this a lot recently, um, and I and I always like to be honest and say that I think you know this real kind of luxury end of the um, you know interiors world is not hugely sustainable. I think that's just the truth of it. Yeah. But I think what I always um, believe strongly in is that you know classic design, really really good design, and well made whether it's products or coming back to our collection, that was hugely important to me that these were really, really well-made pieces that were going to stand the test of time so that in 30, 40 years, that jewellery box will still be beautiful and something that you might pass down to a family member. So um, that is a you know a form of sustainability in just the fact that it's not a disposable transient thing um and i think that that also goes for our interiors you know we like to use natural materials we like to you know just beautiful craftsmanship so that a home could still feel as beautiful in 10 plus years so that you're not having that process of kind of just ripping out homes and starting again and just for the sake of it just to update the design you shouldn't need to update our designs um that's the idea so i think that's kind of how i come to it i mean you know it would be disingenuous for me to say that we're a you know sustainable design firm it's just not it's not really kind of where we are in the market unfortunately but i think um there are ways to approach it so it's it's yeah, and that is shifting slowly. I mean, it's going to be a very yeah. big slow shift. It's not going to happen yeah. overnight. Yeah. yeah, No, it's not. Yeah. And do you think as a result that there's a, a sort of a, a shift in the look of interiors as well? It's almost like there's more of a rustic feel, a paired back look yeah. coming back in. I think so. I think I think a natural, you know, a natural feel is is really popular. Something I'm enjoying definitely in my own home. I mean, I've got, you know, every fabric around is linen or wool or something that's kind of yes. softer and more natural. Um, so it's an aesthetic that I really like. But I think that's definitely. Uh, there are ways to also apply that aesthetic to a more tailored kind of London look as well. Um, yes. And something we're doing, we've just done a project in Holland Park, which is a very smart contemporary apartment, but it's right next to the park. And so bringing in those natural kind of wools um, suits it. So I think, yeah, I think there's a definitely more of a kind of paired back look these days. Yeah. And, and I think, dare I say it, I'm seeing more antiques or that, that yeah. feeling. 
coming definitely. Back. I mean, I've got I've my house is filled with antiques, which is really interesting and been something completely new to me because our yeah. last home was quite quite contemporary. Um, so we've got I'd say kind of fifty percent of our pieces are antique, which has been really fun. It's just a, again a very different design process, and I'm obsessively trawling the internet for <laughs> auctions and things. Um, oh, yeah. So it's fun. Cool, and I love the stories behind the pieces as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've got a grandfather clock. Um, was one of the first things we bought for our house. I've always wanted one, and it was just yeah, yeah amazing. And you know, the the family delivered it to us and kind of told us that they'd had it for you know fifty years. It was just lovely. It's wow. nice to get to inherit something that's got a story. And all the pieces that were made back then, I mean... Yeah, I mean, my, it's beautiful craftsmanship that you would pay so much for now. I know, and, and how they used to live. Like, that's mm. what it me more, you know, like these beautiful card tables. And yeah. how they used to spend time, you know, around these beautiful pieces is just, it's incredible. But also, I find there's a nice... Um, you're more kind of tolerant. This sounds um, like a strange thing to say, but I feel like our business is so much about creating perfection and making flawless pieces of furniture. But I've got chest of drawers throughout the house that you can barely open the drawer <laughs> without it getting stuck three times. But there's kind of just a tolerance you have for it, an appreciation you have for its imperfections. And I find mm. that quite liberating, given that yeah. my work world is so much about snagging and just making sure there's a, you know, a hairline crack there whereas I've got you know a piece in my um dressing room which has got a huge crack all the way down the side but that's the beauty of it so I quite like that kind of the freeness of that that's so interesting um do you find that things get kind of left behind or over you know that you park things that need to be done in your own home in order to focus more on your clients homes like you know the cobbler's shoes story Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. I mean, I think every designer will say that. It's yes. just, um, yeah, I mean, I've our house is full of kind of things. That, I mean, a lot of my curtains, I shouldn't say this, it's not very professional, but a lot of my <laughs> curtains are not hemmed yet. They're hung <laughs> because I needed to ha- make something and hang them, but I haven't hem- hemmed them yet. So, oh. um, I mean, there's endless things that need to be done. I know, um, but you can get away with that. You're in the country now. So you I don't, the thing is, I don't mind. I'm, I'm not nearly as, you know, I'm, I'm, super fussy for my clients but I'm quite laid back myself actually um our home is much more relaxed and um I'm fine with that you know the kids are gonna probably trash them anyway so yes well I'm absolutely loving your cat stories I just think (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Aaron did say to me like there's got to be a limit for how many times you post pictures of our cat (laughs) but they're just they're very sweet so I can't not and they they do um Slightly accidentally. I mean, some would say not accidentally, but they do match our house beautifully. Oh, my God. Is it a male or a female? So we've got two girls. They're British short hairs. One is fawn, which is kind of the same color as all of our upholstery. And then the other one, the other one is, oh, I think they're called blue, but it's like a nice dark gray. Um, And they're just, they're gorgeous. They need their own Instagram page. I I know they do. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't believe the work where they sleep. Like they sleep. I know. In oh, yes, that's Mouse. She sleeps in any the most uncomfortable places, but mostly in. We've got a lovely kind of faux um, foliage display, and since she was tiny, and now she's big, she takes the whole thing up. She'll just get in and snuggle into the middle. Bizarre. That is so cute. Gosh, <laughs> I love them. You're very good, actually, at photography. Have you ever considered? Oh. Doing a bit of photography yourself, you've got good perspective. Um, I do love, I do love photography. Actually, I've never done a course. Um, I do love doing it. I mean, then maybe that's one of those things I'll um, do as I kind of get older when yeah. I think of different new skills to learn. Yeah. I mean, I think photography is a really um, beautiful thing, and I think um, we we work with one photographer for all of our interiors, and I'm, you know, a massive fan of his work. We're good friends as well, and I just think. Um, good photography can just bring something to life. And I think when you've spent years working on a project, how that's captured um, is, is so important. So it's got to be done well. So, I mean, I definitely would leave it to the experts for for that, but I do enjoy it. Um, You know, I enjoy taking pictures of my children and things. 
Yeah, no, you do. You have good perspective. You get great angles, and your own photography is very good. Oh, um, thank you. You might you might take on photography in your golden years or something. Maybe I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what has been your all-time favorite property that you've ever worked on to date? Oh, I mean, I think we're doing one at the moment, actually, um, which is a Grade One listed townhouse, um, which just in itself, with the history, is just mind blowing. Um, so, I think the kind of scale. Um, and the architectural details are just like nothing we've ever done before. So that's really, really exciting. But the clients are young um, and young children, so they want a quite a contemporary kind of twist on that. So that I'm loving. Um, I think there's different projects I've loved for different reasons. I always talk about our Isle of Man project, which is yes. just a lovely one. It was lovely to design from you know design perspective, but I think we got so close to the family. We're doing their second project now, actually, in London. Wow. And um, they're just an amazing family, a really inspiring family who've worked very hard and really kind of um, earned their money. And, you know, and it's and it's we were very much part of creating something that was much more than just a home for them. It was it was a real kind of dream. It sounds cheesy, but it it was that. And that was really lovely. And I still get messages from her regularly with kind of pictures of her dinner party set up and just wanting to oh. share how much she's enjoying the house. So that, you know, that was very rewarding. Um and I think that, I, yeah, I would say I come back to that being a favorite project for that reason. It was just far beyond design. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, that brought out the best in you. Yeah, so, I think so. It was, yeah, that was one of those examples of it being a real kind of enjoyable and successful project. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Do you think that your clients like to be challenged and pushed into new ways of thinking? Yes, I do. I think... That's really important, actually, as a as a designer or as a consultant of any type. I think you, if they wanted to do it in their way, they probably wouldn't come to you for your help. I mean, they want to be guided. Um, yes. They want your kind of experience. Um, and so I think it's really important. But again, it comes back to the psychology of a client. You do get those clients who really know what they want and you're just kind of working with them to create that. Um, we still have the odd client like that, but less so. I think generally people just, they've hired you as specialists. And I think particularly our, so our clients are extremely successful. Um, most people are kind of entrepreneurs, business owners, and I think they have have got to that point in life where they just want the best people around them. Yes. And you become part of that world where you're just giving them the best of, of that, you know, this sector yes. of their kind of life. And, you know, they want to be told. They don't want their managing teams, they're managing companies. Um, they don't want to manage you. They want you to manage them almost. Yes. Um, they want to just delegate and feel like it's being handled by experts. That's kind of so much what they're craving. So that's yes. something that I think comes with time. You have to kind of build that confidence I found that I've built a lot of confidence in the last kind of 10 years in that respect where I just feel like you know what I do know what I'm doing and I think it took me a long time to believe that and have real conviction and confidence in your choices your decisions and um, I think that you know they want that yeah they need that confidence and they they're yeah they're, they're yeah. hiring you for your knowledge yeah. and experience exactly yeah. and if you start wavering on something then they lose that so you have to really be sure and you have to just be be strong with it yeah interesting and then trying to work with them as well a lot of them are probably not very easy to contact you know they're busy mm -hmm. they're traveling yeah so yeah. Would, you, would you wrap like a team around that person just to kind of work in with their schedule as well yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, it comes down to flexibility. You have to be, and I think we we pride ourselves as a studio. Aaron and I are very kind of reasonable people, I would say, and yeah. you know, we'll we'll go with the flow. And if a client um, flies in and needs to meet next week, you know, we'll make that work for them. And um, and we've had clients who've had very limited time, so you have to just really think on your feet and and really then kind of boil down what's what do we need out of this meeting that we don't have six hours that we need we have one hour so yeah it's really consolidating so yeah I mean you have to be led by I mean the client's needs so much um yeah. and we've had some mad meetings where we've kind of you know uh, you just can't imagine so it's <laughs> it's fun I like that it's kind of you never know what you're what the day is going to bring <laughs> oh, it's yeah, exciting yeah. <laughs> yeah it's exciting totally so in any 
of your projects? What part, what single part of the whole process do you love the most? Oh, um, I think the beginning, the beginning and the end. So I love getting to know a client. I love the kind of briefing stage, the brainstorming, the creative side right at the beginning. And then I love seeing it come to life. I do also enjoy the process as well, obviously. But I think in terms of what my day to day looks like, those mm-hmm. are the two areas that I'm most involved in a project. Yes. Um, so we tend to, I tend to be very involved in the kind of creative direction at the beginning. So working yes. with the client, building that kind of initial um, design, and then we'll bring in our, our seniors and our designers to kind of really pull that together um, with me getting really involved and I, everything kind of gets signed off by me. But, um, and then, you know, when it's coming to science styling and just seeing that, you know, those ideas from sometimes years ago in reality is a really amazing feeling. And then obviously showing it to the client is great. Yeah, exactly. And and the handover and it's yeah. just that, it's a magical moment really. It is a really magical moment. And and we really try our hardest to kind of make that as as enjoyable for them as possible. So making sure that they don't come and snoop when we're doing the installation. I mean, some installations can go on for kind of two to three weeks, depending on the size of the project. Um and when I say installation, I mean as in, you know, the building work's finished and then our our team come in and install all the furniture and dress it and hang paintings and things. And that can oh, be quite wow an extensive process Um, and um so I try and keep them away and then have them come and see it all and it's lovely it's really lovely it is because really they need to see it completely layered in with all the layers it's the the whole picture it's the whole picture together and I think anyone would say any designer will say that if a client kind of walks in halfway through they're going to start nitpicking things actually once it's done you they can see why it works you know, exactly. everything that we do, we, it's not by accident. It's not, you know, everything is got a relationship with something else. So you need to see that rug with the other pieces around it. Correct. Um, Correct. And, yes. you know, the wall color, like sometimes you get clients who come and see, um, you know, the wall color going up and they're like, oh my God, it's too dark. And you just think, wait, 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 wait until you've um, seen yeah. the whole thing. And yeah. so it's really important. But also I always say that uh, the way that an interior feels is, is as important as how it looks. And you don't get that until the end you know with the the lighting and the smell of the scented candle that we've chosen especially it's all of those touches that uh, bring it all together that's where the magic is oh I love it so interior styling is very important to you as well Definitely, definitely. And that's why the accessories collection was so fun to do because, you know, we got to kind of, I got to really immerse myself in that world. Um, yeah, I love styling. I mean, I always think if you strip a project of any, whether it's ours or anybody's that you love, you strip all of those accessories out, it doesn't have the life that you yes. love about it. So it's, yeah. it's like the jewelry or whatever, however you want to kind of give it an anecdote but I think it's yeah it's as important as as every other aspect it can look bare and naked almost when it when it yeah it doesn't have those accessories totally agree with you um do you have a favorite room type in any home oh um good question yes and no I mean I love do like a powder room it's really fun to design because you can be very bold um you know that's normally where we play with kind of a bit more drama Mm -hmm. um dining rooms as well for that same reason um I don't know I don't think there is a favorite because they're all so different and they all have such different purposes I find bedrooms the hardest to design funnily enough because there's only so many variations of that format of furniture and you want every space to feel unique so when you've got a home which has got seven bedrooms you've really got to stretch your kind of imagination to make them feel unique but quite often that's just done with color schemes and and creating a different identity with a kind of color story rather than groundbreaking design features yes 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 it needs to work it does yeah um would you have a favorite color that you like to work with i'm gonna guess it's blue uh, yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't say necessarily one color. It's more of a kind of combination of colors. So there's, I think there's such a go-to tone and I brought it into the cushions in our collection actually, which is yeah. um, a kind of deep, rich navy with bronze. And I just yeah. love that combination. And then paired with softer kind of ivories. I love the contrast. So I think I'm just yeah. so drawn to that um, that palette. I just think it's it's got richness, it's got depth. 
Um, yeah. But as soon as I always say to my team, I'm always, I'll look at, you know, they'll be working on a whole board of, of fabrics and I'll come in and I just slot in a few of those kind of warm, bronzy tones and it just brings everything to life. I just love that. Um, yes. Yeah, it's just a warmth that kind of adds. So it, it's not necessarily one colour, but I would say, you know, I do. I love neutrals and I love I love blue um, and done yeah. in different ways. There's so many different versions of blue, which I love. I know. And you've 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 worked very well with green as well I've noticed yeah I do like green I think I just I'm not big on color I mean as that you know that much is obvious um but I like the muted the muted versions of colors um and I think you know nice kind of sagey moss green is is always Mm -hmm. lovely and do you like that process do you like getting involved in the fabric I love it I really love it and and often I don't know I don't have a, an actual formula. So when we've got, for example, new designers working with us and they're kind of getting trying to get in tune with me, I can't always explain why I don't like something. I just don't. <laughs> or why I do like something. I just do. So it's not very helpful for them. I can appreciate. But um, when I'm doing a scheme, I just some, I just play with lots of different things and switching them over. And it'll take me a while. But then suddenly something, it's almost like it just kind of was like, that's it. It just yeah. is the combination of those things work. And I can't yeah. always articulate it, which makes it very unhelpful when I'm kind of training anybody. Um, but what a typical process would be is I'd kind of do a, a few key pieces just to set the tone and then they will expand on that and develop it and then I'll come in and I'll just kind of tweak a few things and switch a few things out so that's a typical um, working process yeah and what is your favorite design style how would you describe Um, your personal style I mean, I think classic contemporary is probably the easiest way to describe it. I mean, that's quite a, a broad description, but I love um, I love detail. I love pieces that aren't overly designed. So I like, you know, simple forms, but with beautiful detailing. So, and I'm, I always say that I'm much more into, um, there's no one style necessarily that I feel I love the most. It's more just... Um, Oh, how do I describe this? Um, I think it's, you know, for me, design is so much about proportion and balance and and mood. And you can apply that to so many different styles. So we're doing two projects in Saudi Arabia at the moment. One is quite contemporary and one is very classic. So it's for the same family, for the older generation and then for the younger generation, two different homes. Um, And they're very, very different. But I think the the design principles and our aesthetic can be lent to both. You just have to get into the mindset of a different, different kind of shapes and forms. But I think, you know, the, the balance of, of colors and tones and sizes and things all, all relate to any style. Does that answer your question? I'm not sure it does. I'd say classic contemporary and I do, but I like a bit of a, you know, contemporary edge. I like to kind of, for example, that grade one listed um, project we're doing Obviously, the, the bones of the building are very classical. Um, so I would say we've got some kind of transitional pieces of upholstery. So it's it's classic contemporary. And then we've got some unexpected contemporary side tables, for example. So I like that. I like to kind of play a little bit with a few different styles together. Yeah. So it seems like you're open, though. You're quite flexible. Yeah, definitely. I think you have to be. And I think yeah. that's what excites me. Like, I've loved, you know, yes. designing our home because it's so different from anything we've done before. Um, I like getting really immersed into something that I haven't done before. That's really exciting yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. You are. You're very, it sounds like you are very flexible and open. You like new things and challenges yeah, and trying new definitely. things as well. Definitely. You know your core principles, but yeah. you're, open. Yeah. you're open to yeah. trying new things. Exactly and who is that. Who has inspired you the most, um, would you say, within the industry in terms of design? Um, There's so many different people. And I don't think I could kind of name one designer that I think encapsulates everything that I love. I think what I I really appreciate in the industry is everyone brings something different. And I think people have different strengths. And I, you know, there's architectural details that I love of somebody. And then there's styling I love of someone else. I think there's just, there's so much out there. I don't think there's any one style. Otherwise, I feel like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Yes. It's almost like the reason that I feel really motivated to do what we do is because I want to do I always like I want to create the perfect interior myself. Does that make sense? So it's kind yeah. of, yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of inspiration from everywhere, really. Yeah. 
And and travel is important. Travel is always important, I think. And I think um, it's lovely when we get to go visit. We haven't been able to um, recently, but it's lovely when we get to go and see the site of where the project is and then get to kind of experience that and go out to restaurants. And, you know, we spent quite a few days in Hong Kong with our clients and that was lovely. And, you know, spending time with them and going to their favorite restaurants, then you really get to absorb that culture. Yes, it's and then you're kind important. of tapping into the way they're going to live in yeah, that area. Exactly, because although they've hired us as a as a British designer, which is kind of the main their main motivation, but it still needs to feel like it suits that location and it feels relevant there. So we have to, you know, bring in lots of influences. Do you think that British design is different in in terms of their approach to say French design or? Italian designers do you think I think yes I do I just think the quality here is is really amazing I think we've got some of the world's best designers here and I think that's why so many international clients are hiring people here um I think yeah I think the craftsmanship is amazing as well I mean something I find quite different we did a project in in New York and I think there's much more. I think American design is amazing. I, I'm really inspired by it. And I think there's so much variety. Um, I love that aspect. But I think they're very focused on furniture. And yeah. um, I think architecturally, it's not. Uh, I think there's such exciting design happening architecturally in, in Britain. Um, yes. So that's, yeah. I, you know, possibly because of our kind of history, I don't know. But I just think there's a real passion for architectural design here, which um, I see less of in the States. Um, but I think they're excellent with, you know, I think furniture design is, is a very high quality there. And yeah. at every kind of price point, I think that's something that they do really well that we, we're struggling with, I think, here. Definitely. Well, there's like a melting pot of different, you know, international yeah, designers as well. And yeah. they're also bringing their little influences to the project. And it just, um, you know, it probably gives you more strength in Britain. I think you know, so. Yeah. I think there's yeah real kind of multicultural society. So I think there's, um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, Laura, tell me, where is your favorite place in your home to sit down and read a magazine or take a call? Um, probably. I mean, again, I've got loads. Um, there is a chair in my study that I'm looking at right now, which is my phone chair. And it's a it's like a love seat. It's kind of one and a half seater velvet upholstered. And it's probably too big for this room, but I just could never part with it. And it's so comfortable. There's usually a cat on it. And I will, because um, I, I quite like having more kind of casual, com- I'm either pacing around on the phone or I'm sitting on a comfy chair. Um, yeah. And I spend a lot of time on the phone. So that's one of my spots. But I think, and also it's tucked around the side. So when the kids are looking for me, they can't find me. <laughs> They'll open the study door and they can only see the desk. Um, so that's quite helpful. Um, yeah. And then I love my kitchen. I really love my kitchen. We just had that renovated. And that's like my real kind of dream kitchen, which is really amazing to to have so sitting in there and having a coffee um but then I also love my living room we've got an open fire um it's just a very different feel this house so I kind of just like different spots in it we've got beautiful natural light and views of kind of um country hills which is just oh, yeah, nice. can't get can't get enough of it so lovely so what's your morning ritual when you wake up in the morning um, um, coffee, 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 <laughs> um, coffee, coffee, coffee. Um, I mean, I've got two kids who are trying to get them into their school uniform and everyone fed and the cats fed, you know, it's the usual kind of chaos, but it's fun. So, but nothing happens until mummy's had a coffee. That's, that's, everyone knows that. Um, my son sweetly has learned how to make me a coffee and he, when he's that's in a good mood, he'll bring me one in bed, but that doesn't usually happen. Um, that's but he quite enjoys that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's usually slightly chaotic but I think my dream morning let's say if I didn't have that chaos would just be just taking a breath having a having a coffee having a nice breakfast I I love breakfast and just kind of taking stock of the day I think but I do that more I mean often what I'll do is I'll have a coffee do the mad school run and then come back and then have another coffee and breakfast and just then I kind of um, start my day yeah. And do you think Willow and Fox will follow into your footsteps? Um, Fox, no, because he's a rebel. Um, 
he'll do everything that we we <laughs> that we don't want him to do um but uh, that's his best quality as well by the way um but willow is really into it she's really really into it um okay. i don't know if it will last she's saying now she definitely wants to be an interior designer um and or she always forgets the word she writes with school you know school things um that she wants to be a, a house designer um but she's now we're working from home so much she'll come home from school she'll come and look over my shoulder and see what i'm working on and she wants to know about it and when I'm designing kids rooms I do I do ask her stuff um and that's really fun yeah she's really into it she's really into her bedroom and we spent a lot of time um you know coming up with colors and things for her bedroom here so who knows who knows I mean we'd love it if one of the kids wanted to take over the business but you can't ever expect that I think if it happens it's amazing but it's in their DNA it'll be in one of yeah yeah yeah. Um, and I think she finds, yeah, she sees, I mean, that's a big um, thing for me is the kids kind of seeing what we're doing and not just think mommy and daddy go to work. It's w- what are we doing and why yeah. are we doing it? I think that's really important because we are working parents and that can be challenging. And, you know, we're not always, um, I'm not always at pickup. I try to be, but I've just spent three days in London, for example, staying in London for photo shoots. So um, it's important that I get to show them, you know, I show them the photo shoot, explain to them why I was gone. Yes. Um, and it's not just this kind of thing that they're losing out on, that there's something actually going on there. So how do you look after yourself, like in the midst of your everything, like of your busy schedule and all that's going on around um, you? Do you feel stressed or how do you I do. You? Of course I do. Yeah. Everyone does. I think it's impossible to avoid that. But I, I think I'm getting better at... Um, taking time out, knowing where my boundaries are. I think that comes with age. I turned 41 a few weeks ago. I think you just get to a point in life where you think, you know what, looking after myself is also looking after everybody else, especially when you're yeah. a mom. I think you you need to, it's not a selfish thing to do at all. So I love a massage. Um, I love a bath. I love audio books. So they've got my kind of things that I do. And there's definitely a kind of respect at home where, you know, we're having our own time. And I think the kids need it too. So what's nice about the house we've got here is um, we were in this complete open plan space and now we've got rooms. It's a Georgian house. So we've got kind of individual rooms in the most part and that's quite nice it's like I'm just in another room on my own doing my own thing and that's feels healthy and yeah you know it's good for me so I think um I think it comes with age just learning that you don't have to be everything for everyone all the time yes yeah yeah and that's okay gosh you're in a really great happy sweet moment in your life (laughs) um and how does social media fit into your life um, I mean, it's a big part. I can't deny it. It's it's a big part of our kind of where we've got to as a company. And it was an absolute accident for me that I got into it when I did. I think I started it quite early before Interiors was everywhere on Instagram, particularly. Um, I started just posting some pictures of site as a bit of fun. And then it's become, you know, it's become an amazing way for us to connect with clients, particularly internationally. So, um, you know, I think our client base is a very small percentage of our following, but they are an amazing, you know, caliber of clients. So uh, it, it is working for us in that sense. Um, but also I, I just, I love the community of it. I love, I mean, if, if there had been a platform like Instagram when I was starting my career where I was training, it just would have changed my life. I think it's an amazing insight into how the industry works. It was yes. such an anomaly to me when I was studying, especially when I graduated. I just thought, what is this world? Like, how do you get into it? How do you, what is it like behind the scenes? And almost it was faceless. You know, you got to see people's websites. We yeah. didn't really even know what the owners looked like, let alone um, who they were like. Um, so yes. I think that's really lovely. And I think it's really nice to be able to connect with people and to, um, you know, share some tips and that kind of thing. I try and be, I, you know, I don't overshare my personal life anymore. I think I did that a bit more when my following was less I think I got to a number where I felt this isn't quite comfortable for me anymore to share yes. so much of my my own personal life but you know I show bits of it and I I'd like to just be you know straightforward and honest um not kind of hide too much you know are you super organized with social media like would you plan out no I'm not and that's why you'll probably notice quite a bit of inconsistency I mean I do it all myself I've occasionally had some help um here and there when there's a really busy period I might ask somebody to you know line up a few posts on Planoly but I'm I'm no I do it when 
I remember to do it usually in the morning as best I can. But there are days that will pass where I'm just, there's too much going on and I can't focus on it. But I do, you know, I try to be consistent. I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you've got a good page and the colors are always beautiful on it, the way they're laid out. So there's oh, thought good. definitely put into it and it looks great. What one piece in your home holds the most special memories for you? Um, there's a few. So my, my dad passed away last beginning of last year and I got quite a few beautiful antiques um, from his home. So I think those are obviously, you know, sentimental value. Um, I've got some lovely carved mirrors. Um, so I would say in terms of kind of fat, because I think he inherited them from his father. So um, I would say probably the mirror, which is in our entrance hall. Lovely. So that that would be the one, the most special one. I think up. probably. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to pick a pick a favorite thing, really. I, um, I would say if I had to pick one, it would be that. Yeah. My final question for mm-hmm. you, Laura, is what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, good one. Um, probably be in less of a hurry to grow up. I think I just was. Um, and it's funny because it, I also wouldn't want to change this because I think I wouldn't be where I am now without that attitude. But I just I really wanted to get on with everything all the time um, career wise. But just I yeah, I think I was always just in a hurry to um, to grow up. And I think I would always want my kids to just enjoy being young because once you are an adult, there's no going back. So things like going on a gap year. But I think just um, chilling out a bit. I was quite, you know, I was I was maybe overly ambitious when I was young, which is paid off career wise. But I think there's no harm in taking your time as well. Life should hopefully be long and, you know, you can do things later. Exactly. Just take it slow. Enjoy it. it Enjoy it. Exactly. Enjoy it. And I'm just going to quickly run through our quick fire round of questions. And this is just seconds. Are you ready? Yes. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bath no or question. shower? Bath. Text or talk? Oh, depends what mood I'm in. And it depends who who's on the other end. <laughs> talk. <laughs> if it's a close friend, always talk. Uh, cat or dog? Cat. Got to be. Red or white wine? Um, red is my new, my new thing. So red. Red. City or country living? Oh, I'm a city girl at heart, but I, I would say now country. Controversial. Home or, home or abroad? Home. I do love Interior home. Interior design or architecture? Oh, that's very hard. Probably interior design for me, but as a company, I'd say couldn't choose. Uh, site visits or office meetings? Site visits. Books or digital? Books. Sin or virtue? Oh, I'm a bit of a good girl. Virtue, I guess. Modern or classic? Um, probably classic. And my final question, product design or interior styling? Um, recently, currently, I would say product design. My new, my new favorite thing. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been really fun. It's been really great chatting with you. And I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. 